Today I'm reading an adult story for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or if there are youngsters listening, you can skip this one and I'll have a new story for you next time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Not So Above It All by Feora Meridian, a long-time furry writer whose short stories have been published by Sofa Wolf and Fur Planet, and you could find more of his stories on SoFurry. Please enjoy... Not So Above It All by Feora Meridian It was understood that a magic academy was a world unto itself. The rest of creation didn't matter when you stepped foot within its walls. Everything that was understood to be melted away in the face of a reality that warped and shifted with the proper application of energy, will, and knowledge. The rules that governed the universe were up for grabs. Great and terrible powers vied for attention. Power to change the world for better or worse, power that could topple kings and raise up empires. So when a grey-robed fox's dawn room melted away under a wave of his paw to reveal a candlelit boudoir that would put the most elegant brothels in the land to shame, he paid it no mind. From within a slit in his robe he withdrew a thick tome, a treatise on eldritch law and the precise application of anthropic sublimation, set it down on a silk-draped end-table and arched to stretch his back. His gaze rose as he bent. It raked across the ruddy walls, passed by flaming sconces, drifted across runic circles, and settled on the naked wolf lashed back first to the ceiling. The fox blinked. The wolf coughed. A frown touched the vulpine's brow as he perked an ear. Blaine? Riley? The bondage that trapped the wolf several feet above the floor was not rope. The fox's attention shifted to the rubbery black lengths that constricted Blaine's limbs, and they shimmered with an internal arcane glow. This is new. There's actually a very reasonable explanation for all this, the wolf replied. His voice was even, even though his tail was tucked. He coughed again as Riley cocked his head and waved an expectant paw. And I'll give it to you just as soon as I've constructed it. I'll take your time. The fox waved back behind him, and the door to the room swiftly reformed. I don't think either of us are going anywhere. A moment's irritation seemed to cross Blaine's face, but it faded as he licked around his muzzle. I'm just glad it's you. Serena would never let me live this down. The fox's smile turned sly. You make a critical assumption there about my future behaviour compared to that of our esteemed roommates that might well be in error. Right now I'll take mate over her. Blaine cleared his throat as he looked around their chained dorm room. All right, so I may have miscalculated. Riley's other ear pricked up. Pray tell what gives you that impression. Blaine's eyes rolled as he grit his teeth together. Okay, all right, you remember Orvin? Skinny ferret. I think they're just called ferrets. Fair point. Riley waved his paw again. He did this to you? The insides of the wolf's ears grew pink as his eyes suddenly failed to meet Riley's. Well, no, I did this to me. We've sort of been, you know. Blaine rolled his paws in circles as best he could with them bound. And he liked the idea of me, well, uh... Riley smirked. Elevated? No. Out of his reach? You aren't helping. Safely contained, then. Riley was certain that if Blaine had been able, the wolf would have had his head in his paws. As his paws were securely kept at an arm's length from his face, however, he had to settle for the act of sagging in his restraints. 
so I tried to conjure some phantom limbs. The fox threw him a lopsided smile as he regarded the thick tendrils that bound the wolf's body. To say tried might be something of an understatement. I dare say you succeeded. Yes, well, I'm good with conjuration. The wolf struggled again for a moment before he allowed himself to fall slack. Too good, I suppose. Mm, my heart bleeds for you and your preeminent skills. Riley waved toward the door. And Orvin? Where'd the slinky little bugger run off to once he saw your predicament? Both of Blaine's ears flattened. I believe, he said, every syllable belaboured for emphasis, that he may have left to spread the tale. Ah, oh, I thought that he would have preferred to remain in order to spread your yes quite. Or perhaps hunt down a stepladder so that he might do so. I got it, thank you. Blaine began to struggle again, but it was to equally little avail. And now I can't create the correct gestures to unconjure these blasted things. Riley once again considered the wolf's predicament. The tendrils seemed to have come out of both the wall and the ceiling, and they all protruded from the centre of those little runic circles that somehow persisted through whatever gaudy illusion he'd covered their dorm room with. The fox's eyes fixed on the circle nearest to him as he rubbed at his chin. This is our current cuneiform, Blaine cocked his head. They are? The fox nodded back. You are, as they say, fucked. Well, I'm actually not. My attempt to rectify that is what put me here. Yeah, fair point. You shouldn't have used Arcur in cuneiform. Dreadfully imprecise. The fox marched over to the nearest circle and tapped one of the symbols that ringed it. In turn, the tendril that had emerged from the circle and wrapped around Blaine's left leg constricted for a moment. Meaning? The wolf groaned as he tried to twist himself around. It took a few moments to crane his head just enough to bring the circle and the fox into view again. Release. Riley hummed to himself as he shook his head. Perpetuity. Blaine's eyes widened. No. Oh, yes. The fox began to smile as he traced a finger around the symbols on the circle in sequence. Should he used high draconic? See here? Enforcement, restraint, limited by the desire for perpetuity, invoked by the blah blah blah. You're thoroughly stuck. A whimper slid out of the wolf's muzzle. I'm thoroughly fucked. At least that's what you were looking for. Riley shrugged as he started toward the door. I'll summon the headmaster. No! The shout stopped the fox in his tracks, and he looked back up to see Blaine vigorously shaking his head. No, 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 no! Stop saying no! Riley's eyes narrowed as he flattened his ears. It doesn't even sound like a word anymore. You summon the headmaster, and she'll... His eyes flicked down as if to indicate his naked body. Riley frowned. I hardly think you're her type. That isn't what I... She's a refined female of high standing, Blaine. Riley, I... And married besides. What would her wives think? She'll throw me out from misuse of arcana. The fox lifted both paws to ward off the suspended wolf, and he smiled as Blaine sighed. Oh, very well. No headmaster. What do you expect me to do? I can't exactly cut you down. No, and the prospect of you introducing sharp implements to this equation does nothing to improve my present circumstance. He began to squirm in his restraints again. Can you dispel the runes? The cuneiform. The whatever it is, Blaine struggled harder. Maybe if you'd used runes, I could have done. Riley hummed to himself once again as he looked over the circle for a solution. Even a second-year student knows to use draconic runes for your more carnal application of magic. Well, I'm sure I'll... Wait, what? Kobolds. Oh, right. There's a reason draconic magic makes such fantastic use of spatial compression. 
Riley nodded to himself as he narrowed the focus of his inspection to Blaine's erroneous symbol. Hmm, maybe... maybe there's an option here. Blaine's eyes narrowed. And are you willing to enlighten the rest of us, or would you rather keep this revelation all to yourself? Riley's smile returned as he folded his arms and regarded his ceiling-strung colleague. Our current cuneiform is heavily contextual. Used in conjuring, the pictographs are either driven by the context of the spell, of which you have little, or the desire in the conjurer's mind. You depicted perpetuity. Obviously, I didn't mean perpetuity. Obviously not. However, the symbol can be read also as ascension. Riley paused as he looked up at the wolf again. For his part, Blaine ground his back against the ceiling. I certainly achieved ascension after a fashion. The fox nodded. It can also mean satisfaction. Well, that was the goal. And did you achieve that as well? You didn't walk in on my body being ravaged by a slim ferret with a knack for stamina enhancement, so I would wager to guess that I did not. A fair point, Riley smirked. And while it can also mean apples, I doubt that this was your secret intent. One of Blaine's ears twitched and perked up. Apples? Seriously? I'm sorry. Would you prefer I temporarily transpose myself back to the time of the Arcuran civilization and ask them politely to create a clearer system of literacy? I think I might prefer you temporarily transpose myself back to the time when I thought this was a good idea so I could knock some sense into myself. Oh, you'd be there knocking all day. Come again? I said I think I can get you down. Riley traced a finger gently across the erroneous symbol. Yes. Yes, if the context of the spell was polluted by an errant intent, then yes, I think I can. Blaine sighed. Gods be praised. Yes, you're quite welcome. The fox's finger ran back down the symbol once again, and the tip of his claw began to glow with a soft blue-white light as he concentrated. If I can augment your intent with additional context from a second caster, then it's possible that you might be released imminently. Behind and above him, Blaine winced. I see two problems with his resolution. The floor is one problem. Yes, and gravity makes for the other. The symbol under Riley's finger began to take on the same glow as the digit itself. The gravity is no problem. Well, from your perspective, from mine, I might disagree. Well, it's only an issue as regards the floor, thus reinforcing my concern. Hush. Riley's brow furrowed, his ears tipped forward as he leaned closer to the circle. The glow inlaid within the cuneiform symbol began to pulse with his heartbeat. I need to focus. I need just a little bit more. There! The tendrils that bound Blaine to the ceiling slacked for a second, and the wolf yipped in a distinctly unmasculine fashion as he felt himself fall for that second. The floor would have raced up toward him until a grey blur was whipped up in his path. He slammed into the object much more gently than he probably expected to. That the object was a confused and surprised Riley may have had something to do with it. New tendrils extended from within the circles all around the room and had curled about the fox's limbs faster than he could blink. The glow vanished from the circle and his finger as he was spun about to face the floor and lifted up to bodily catch his larger roommate. His robes whipped up through the air as he was lifted against Blaine's front, and the two grunted as they were pressed into the ceiling once more. Silence reigned for a moment, punctuated by Riley's pants for breath. It took a moment for the fox to collect himself. He forced himself to come, to relax. The tendrils around his limbs relaxed with him, but not enough to slip free. Riley grit his teeth. Behind him, Blaine coughed. So, no, 
that failed rather spectacularly. Not another word. No, I'm impressed, really. Well done. I will banish you to the polar fields of Scaraxis when this is over. Mark my words. Yes, well, shit. The word caused Riley to perk his ears. Shit? Blaine didn't answer in words, but they were entirely unnecessary. Riley, squirming back, was pressed against the wolf's chest, but that position also lined up other things. Riley found himself suddenly able to feel the wolf's heartbeat through their close contact and quite lower in his body than he'd anticipated. Oh. Yeah. Blaine coughed again as he wiggled his hips. Sorry. No, you're not. I'm sort of sorry. No, you're not. Riley frowned, and as he stared at the circle of cuneiform symbols he'd failed to influence correctly. That should have worked. I don't understand how it didn't work. Blaine might have tried to shrug, but it only wind up grinding himself more firmly against Riley's trapped backside. Wait, were you invoking intent through an internal, arcano mental visualization of the metaphysical space within the circle? Well, obviously. Well, then you fucked up. Riley's tail tucked, or tried. Instead, it only seemed to grind back against Blaine's crotch, and the wolf moaned softly in turn as Riley sighed. Yes, I clearly fucked up, evident by the circumstance that I now share with you. Your contribution is well received. Uh, keep wiggling like that, and you might well find yourself receiving a different sort of contribution. Oh, promises, promises. Riley tilted his head to bring the circle back into view, but Blaine must have misinterpreted the motion. The wolf moved in to nuzzle against the back of the fox's neck, and Riley froze up as he fought to keep his focus. Oh, stop that. We need to figure out how this all went so terribly wrong. Yes, well, I already figured that out. You're the one who can't stop squirming. And you're the desperate sod who wound up invoking the situation in the first place. Do we need to assign blame presently? No, I suppose not. Good. I would win. Eyes narrowed, and ears back, Riley stared at the circle again. The glow had well and truly faded, and without the ability to touch it physically or make the correct arcane gestures, his ability to correct the situation was limited. The fox worked his jaw from side to side. Fine, you said you had this figured out. Elaborate. Must I? This is much more comfortable than when I was here alone. For emphasis, he ground himself down against Riley's backside once again. You really rather must. That banishment to Scaraxis is still on the table. As a certainty. Not really much incentive to do anything other than savour the moment, wouldn't you say? Blaine, I swear by all the gods that there have ever been, I will find a way to stab you with literally every single pointy thing in this academy if you don't explain now. The wolf chuckled. Only all the pointy things? Keep it up. I'll extend the vow to blunt objects. Anything can pierce skin with the correct application of force. As if to prove his point, the wolf rolled his hips again. Oh, don't I know it? Blaine! Were you visualising the changes in Arcuran cuneiform? No, I was... Oh. Riley grimaced. Oh. Draconic. Yes. Feeling stupid. Positively moronic. Now shut up. Riley closed his eyes, even as the wolf began to grind against him again. No, none of that, if you please. You're just saying that because the robes are in the way. Nevertheless, Blaine's hips fell still. The wolf's breath seemed to hitch for a second, though he remained silent. That silence continued for a few more seconds until Riley realised that something must be wrong. He sighed as he opened his eyes again. Blaine, what is... Below them was a figure, female, and just inside the freshly opened door to the altered dorm room. 
The lioness was dressed in the same robes as still protected at least Riley's modesty. She stared up at the males pinned to the ceiling with a mixture of frustration and amusement. Riley? Blaine? Serena! Riley turned his head and could see Blaine Mortify's look in his periphery. There really is a very reasonable explanation for this, the wolf told her. Yeah, that's a stretch. Her smile twisted a little as she eyed Riley. Or it looks like it's a stretch at least. Do you need some help getting down? Riley turned his head a little further and caught Blaine's eye. The wolf vigorously shook his head even as Riley sighed. You are a baby. I won't have my pride ruined like this. A tiny cub. I don't need this again, Riley. Mewling quietly in the darkness, aren't you? Fine, Blaine sighed as he glanced away. Serena, would you please help us down from here? The lioness's eyes glittered. Oh, absolutely, she replied as her grin widened. I'll go fetch the headmaster. She'll have a solution that... No! Blaine's shout came before Riley could even open his muzzle, and it partially deafened the fox under him. No, she'll throw us out! This is your fault, Riley tensely reminded him. She'll throw you out. I'll make sure to tell her it was your idea. She would never believe that I would be so stupid as to make this mistake. You're up here with me! Riley opened his muzzle to reply, but no sound came out. It hung there as Serena watched them, still grinning ear to ear, until he finally, slowly allowed it to slide closed again. Fuck. And no, he added as Blaine tried a little grind of his hips again. The smile slipped a little from Serena's face as the lioness folded her arms and looked around the room. Well, if I'm not to fetch the headmaster, then what do you expect me to do? Find some sixth-year disenchanter? She sighed and rolled her eyes. What was the limiting factor of the conjuration? Riley's glare took a few moments to reach Blaine, so slow was the turn of his head toward his accidental companion. He felt the shrug of the wolf's shoulders in the way it pressed their bodies together again. I hate you. I know. Thoroughly, unequivocally, with all my heart. Got it, thanks. Well? Serena asked. She spread her arms out wide. I'm waiting. The fox sighed and closed his eyes. I don't suppose he drawled as he looked anywhere but at Serena. You would happen to have on you an apple? This was Not So Above It All by Feora Meridian, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.